Hello everyone, my name is always Asmal. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and the show will be on the podcast tomorrow morning. So don't forget to like, subscribe and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. If you're joining us live, please drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves. And drop a two in the comments if you're watching the recording. My guest for this week is Ingrid Mokosana, chartered accountant, financial manager at West Bank and founder of Edu Enabler. Ingrid, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Luis. Thanks for the invite. So let's just jump into questions, into the meat. Tell us your story. Where do you come from? And maybe even outside of work, who is Ingrid Mokosana? Give us the backstory. Okay, uh, well, I am originally from Limpopo in Polokwane. I come from a family of five. I have four older siblings. I'm the, I'm the little one in the family. And I moved to Joburg in 2014 after my metric to go and do Bachelor of Accounting Science at VETS. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much my background. And then in my personal time, when I'm not, you know, tutoring at Adrian Ibra or working, I like, you know, drinking some wine while listening to, to some deep house music. I like doing adventurous activities. So if anyone can find me, you must look up in the sky. Maybe you'll find me skydiving or ziplining, things like that. So I love those things. You like you, you like taking things a little bit on the wild side. I'll, I'll stay behind the camera. I think it's safer for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, um, so is that what you spend your weekends on as well? What what more what more do you spend your weekends on? Um, yeah, sometimes I I also just like um you know like taking it easy at home. I yo I think I've run out of things to watch on Netflix because when I'm indoors I'm indoors like no one will will see me. My neighbors probably think there's no one in this house on weekends when I'm just you know when I don't have other commitments. I just like you know chilling on my couch and just enjoying some personal time and actually you know taking rest as rest because usually you know when you get so much addicted to work you'd be there resting and then you're thinking oh if i send this email today on monday when that client logs in they will see it and then you see so these days when i rest i rest so yeah i just like you know doing things that actually calm me you know watching tv reading or you know just listening to some music yeah okay. and that's good advice tell us yeah. more about your your tutoring company who does it serve uh give us a little bit of a background there uh so my tutoring company initially it was for cta students and third years because those are the people that i interacted with the most when i was um when i was at vets um so i yeah i think because i was so um, I was so close to the students, I knew the kind of things that they needed, the kind of things that they were going through, right? And then after writing ITC and CTA, I, uh, no, sorry, APC, I realized that there's actually also a need to tutor some ITC candidates and APC candidates because there were things that I figured out for myself that I actually didn't know from board courses, you know, like the lecturers who just teach you what you needed to know. But I felt like there were extra things that I figured out for myself that actually 
helped me prepare better for the exams. And I thought, let me just share this with other candidates. Let me help them prepare better for the exams. And I think that's just how I included um, that um, that portion of the of, of, of my clients, just including uh, board course um, candidates as well. And yeah, so it pretty much just serves people in the accounting profession that are still pursuing the CA designation, but also for become accounting students that are doing, you know, commerce modules. Um, yeah, it also caters for them as well. You, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but you were an academic trainee at WITS, which is mm -hmm. basically an assistant lecturer. A lot of yeah. academic trainees end up returning to academia afterwards, especially those ones that lecture tax, which you, you lectured. Yet you went the other direction. You went the entrepreneurial yeah. direction. So why do you think that's the case? Um, so I think for me, it's about alignment, right? Uh, even when I was um, applying to be an academic trainee, I already i already knew where i wanted to end up afterwards because a lot of people would ask me so are you going to come back and be a lecturer because that's the general expectation that if you're going to be an academic trainee then after you qualify you're going to come back and be a lecturer but my answer was no from the get-go i knew uh even then that i do want to come back as a lecturer i knew i was passionate about it i knew i was good at it as i have been told but I didn't want to do it as a career. So that's why I, that's why now with Agent Abler, I'm still doing something that I enjoy, but at my own pace and at my own terms. So people who go back to academia after articles, I guess it's people who have also already knew when they were doing the academic articles that they would want to come back. In fact, they probably did academic articles because they wanted to get exposure so that when they came back, they knew exactly what they were coming back to. But for me, even when I, because when I applied, I knew I'm going to get so close to the lecturers, I'm going to get behind the scenes, I'm going to know what's what. But I knew that no matter how exciting it's going to be, I don't want to do it full time. So that's why now I'm doing it part time through Edu Enabler and um, I'm loving it. Um, I get I get bookings uh, like I would wake up and find five people have, you know, sent booking requests online. And I'm like, I don't even know these people, but since they want my services, you know, so it's, it's very exciting in a sense that, like I said, I'm doing it at my own terms. So I, I think that's what makes it more exciting for me. And the fact that I still get to do it, even if, you know, I'm not a lecturer somewhere. Okay. okay. But now you're someone who has a full-time job. How do you manage to run another business on top of that full-time job? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's about knowing what my responsibilities are in my full-time job and knowing the things that I can change. For example, I can't change the eight to five uh, waking hours because it's been like that before I was even born. Corporate is, you know, you work from eight to five, whether you have things to do or not, you work from eight to five. So I knew I couldn't change that. So I had to um, a structure agent enabler in a way that it doesn't clash at all with my responsibilities in corporate. So when I get a booking, I immediately communicate with my clients that 
during the week, I only tutor um, from 6 p.m. to 8. And during weekends, I'm flexible because I'm not, you know, I'm not working. So it, it I think I had to plan it properly so that I also don't feel, uh, you know, I don't panic when I have a session because, you know, I know work is hectic and I won't have the session. So I know exactly what I need to do at work. I know when it's going to be hectic and I'm going to structure my sessions in that way. I'll tell my clients that, listen, this week, I can't do sessions during the week. Let's try over the weekend. And I, I teach amazing people that are actually very flexible also in their study timetables. If they knew, if they know they've requested for a session, they will adjust their study plan to, um, to align with the session that they have booked with me. So I think now I've actually, I think now it's, it's running so smoothly because now at the beginning, I have set it up in a way that it won't clash with anything that I'm doing outside of it. So I think that's that's how I'm managing. Okay, and, and have you spoken to your employer about uh, your your business? Were there any sort of permissions that you needed? The reason I'm asking is because, I mean, I'm asking the question, there's, there's young professionals out there who are considering starting businesses whilst being mm. fully employed, but what, what are the rules and regulations that they need to uh, work with? Yeah, yeah, I understand why you're asking that. So, yeah, you are required to actually disclose or declare any other activities that you're doing outside of your work. And for me, I had to specify what kind of business is it? What industry is it? Does it, is it a bank? Are you trying to steal our customers kind of thing? So I was like, no, 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 it's not a bank. And I think, yeah, and also um, things like, when do you actually Twitter? And I had to, 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 to be honest and say, no, I only Twitter, you know, after six, which is way after I'm done with my, my, my work. And also telling them that I Twitter also on weekends, so it doesn't clash at all with work. I think that's what they're concerned about. Like, does it clash with your productivity, with what we hired you to do? And what industry is it? Should we worry about you as our competitor? And then if the answer is no to both, then you, you can go ahead. So I think I'm also just someone who knows how to, um, to, to prioritize and multitask as well. So they know that I won't be, you know, like off work for like half of the day because I'm preparing for, uh, for, for a session. I'm, I'm fully present at work. And then when it hits five, if there's nothing else that I need to do for that day, then, you know, I literally log off. I remove my work laptop from my desk and I bring in my personal laptop because I know I have a, an unique session at six. So that's, yeah, that's, there's no other crazy rules and regulations that, that come with it. Okay, so full disclosure and making sure there's no conflicts of interest. That, that, that yes. seems to be the headline. Okay. okay yes. Perfect. If anybody's got any questions for Ingrid, please add your questions to the comment section now. We'll deal with all the questions towards the end, but we don't want to make sure we don't miss any questions. I see on your, on your LinkedIn profile, it says that you've also spent three months working for a US-based accounting such auditing firm. Uh, there seems to be this new opportunity to work permanently for organizations like this. Uh, but what was your experience like working with him and why didn't you end up staying longer? Um, so again, alignment. I knew before I started that I had no plans to stay longer 
there was actually uh, a lot of opportunities to stay longer after I was done. But because I knew going in that my intention was not to stay longer, I didn't stay longer. So the reason for that um, is that, um, so towards the end of my articles, that's when all of us are trying to see where to go. That's when most of us don't even know where we want to end up. But we know what we don't want. We just don't know what we want, right? So for me, I knew that I didn't want to stay in audit, right? So I um, I had to also take time to find something that is suitable for me. I knew I wanted to get out of audit, but I didn't just want to end up anywhere, you know. I didn't want to end up somewhere random, but, you know, I had to take the time to see what opportunities are available for me out there and which one do I like the most, right? So I, I, I came across the opportunity to do that three months remote secondment, and I thought, great, it's still an audit, meaning... Um, I can't stay long because I don't want to be in audit. But the fact that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming fresh out of audit now, I'm going to be more, um, more useful to them and I'm going to, to add more value because I'm fresh out of audit. You know, so I knew, okay, this is what I have to offer them. And for me, how does it benefit me? It benefits me because it's only three months. And those three months, I can use them to figure out what's out, you know, what's out there for me other than audit. And the reason I did that particular secondment was that I did want to get, you know, international exposure. It's just unfortunate that in my year, I was actually the first group, uh, one of the first groups of professionals to do remote secondments because the year before me, uh, the people that, you know, had done third year before me, had actually gone to the US and they got the exposure and they you know, they got to travel other countries and they came back. And for me, because I knew I couldn't do that, I was like, okay, so then, you know, what's, what's the other option? Uh, if, if I can do it remotely, great, because I still get the work experience, even though I don't get to, to travel, I don't get to get a stamp on my passport, it's fine. But as long as I can get that international exposure. And then, yeah, so that's, that's then what happened so i got uh yeah i got the secondment i enjoyed it but the waking hours were crazy because i had to if i knew that i'm gonna work for 10 hours i had to because my what's this the time that i knocked off was dependent on the time that i started if that makes sense so if i'm gonna work 10 hours and i know that it's a u.s client and they expect me probably to be online when they are online and if I want to avoid waking until midnight, I probably have to start earlier, maybe around 10 a.m. or 9 a.m., just so that my 10 hours doesn't, you know, lead to me, um, um, what's this, knocking off, you know, after midnight or something. So, yeah, that's basically, um, you know, the, the secondment. And, yeah, like I said, I didn't stay longer because my plan was always just to do the three months, get the experience, and then use the time to find um whatever else is out there that is not audit and that would actually interest you yeah okay so it's not like they treated you badly it sounds like they, they treated you well if this wasn't for you yeah no they they didn't treat me badly at all uh they were yeah so we had lots of discussion towards the end to say what you know what um where are you going? Would you consider us calling you later in the year if we have maybe Australia or something like that? But I was like, guys, it's been so amazing. But I came in with the intention to not stay longer. So it was nothing to even if you offered me, you know, things that I never imagined, I wasn't going to stay because 
um, yeah, I think my time in audit was just limited. It was short. I intended it to be short. So there was no one who was going to talk me into doing audit longer than I had planned. Great. All right. That gives us a good understanding. And let's say there's a young professional working full time who's watching us and they're thinking about starting a business. Uh, you've obviously done it now for a while and you've, you've, there's certain learnings that you've got, certain mistakes that you made. Um, what advice do you have for them well, that they should look out for that they could, that might speed up the process of, of getting to where you've gotten to it, maybe less in a faster time or just help them? Yeah. Okay. But just a disclaimer. So what I've noticed about advice, especially to professionals in my field, is that they want to uh, take most of what you're telling them, apply it to themselves without actually seeing where the differences are between you and them. Um, I had quite a few people towards the end of last year asking me, you know, where should I, you know, I have uh, like I have a choice to make in terms of which training contract to go to my CTA clients, in terms of which co uh, which training contract should I accept or which firm should I go to, I need your advice. But if I'm going to advise you and say this is the firm to go to, it's not really advice, it's making the decision for you. So advice is giving you the facts and you need to take the facts and see how they apply to you and then you know, turn it into advice. So I give facts and not necessarily advice. So the facts that I would give in terms of like starting a business while you're also working full time and you just want to branch into business. Uh, fact number one, I would say um, knowing, like knowing the difference between what you're doing and what you want to do. Because what you're doing is, you've mastered it. It's your day to day. You've mastered it. And then what you want to do now, it's a new thing that you now need to make, you know, arrangements for. You can't apply what you're doing with, you know, to like, you can't apply the, you know, the mindset uh, of what you are doing to the mindset, um, like to the mindset of what you want to do. So just distinguishing between those two helps in terms of now knowing what extra things or what unique things come with this new journey that I'm about to embark on or this new venture. And then the second fact is that you won't always um, get it right. So uh, for example, for me, I knew that um, I, I might have clashes here and there with my clients. I might you know, overbook myself because I'm trying to help as many people as possible. But then I had to accept that, you no, know, you need to you need to see which things are just not possible for you to do. Like you can't be over promising your clients that, no, don't worry, I will tell you for eight hours today, I'm very energetic. So I had to be like, no, no, no. I actually am very, like I can only be productive for like, four hours in a day, for example, I can only do four hours of a session in a Absolutely. day. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So just knowing what's manageable and what's not manageable. And then the third thing is knowing when to ask for help in terms of extra hands. For me, I know it's hard to do because I, I just have this, this plan, I have this vision, and I know it's just hard to bring other people on board because they're not going to be working as much as I will be because it's my company, it's my vision. I know exactly what kind of work needs to be put in. But now if you bring the next person who's just there and, you know, thinking, oh, you know, I'm just assisting, they won't put as much energy. So for me right now, 
I, I really am getting to a point where I'm going to need some assistance. But, um, but yeah, so then it, it, it's what I said earlier in terms of knowing when you're going to need assistance. So I'm going to start needing assistance, but it's just hard for me to get it because I don't want to, you know, to be a slave driver and tell people that, listen, this is how I work and I expect you to match my level. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. So I think for the sake of time, those three are, are, are my main, like my, my, you know, the the best three facts that I can give in terms of, you know, going into into business. No, that, 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 that's good advice. Uh, this is the one question that I like to ask all my guests. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Huh. Uh, is that um, do whatever it is that you want, as long as it doesn't step on, in, you know, as long as you don't step on anyone's toes, because it's, you know, it, you can't, um, you can't always try to fit in. You can't always try to do what people expect, expect you to do. You need to do what you want because then you stay in character people who try to do, you know, things that everyone else is doing or things that people expect them to do, they tend to lose their character. They tend to, they, they, they tend to lose themselves in the process of being someone else that people expect them to be. So I would say, you know, uh, be, I, would, I would say be yourself, uh, stay true to yourself and just stay in character. I think that, that's that's great advice. That's great advice. I'm just going to go over to see if there's any questions coming through from the audience. Most of them are just enjoying the fact that you are here. We've got a question from YouTube. Question from Sakina Tinambo. What advice do you have for students pursuing CTA and articles? Uh, you must get used to the fact that you will come from, you know, you'll come back from work tired. So if you always say, oh, I'm tired, I can't study, then you will do that for the rest of the year. So you need to know that if you're doing articles during the day, you'll be waking and you'll get tired. So you just need to get used to, you know, rest and then study. Don't say, oh, today it doesn't feel productive. Because if you say today doesn't feel productive, every day after that won't feel productive. So you just need to know how to push yourself. You need to remember, you know, you need to see yourself after the CTA. You know what I mean? Because at this point, you are inside CTA. You're doing CTA with articles. Now you need to imagine your life beyond CTA. And that's what's going to push you. Because now you know, oh, okay, at least after CTA, then I won't have to worry about juggling UNISA with whatever, you know, wherever firm you go to. So that's the advice I would give you. And if I can add just one thing on top of that is plan, plan your week so that you can make sure you study mm -hmm. because yeah. I mean, UNISA gives you that what needs to be done, make sure you plan and you get it done. This rather right of this year, you can have fun next year, you can have fun the following year, make sure you get through CTA, plan and you'll, you'll get yes. through it. Mm -hmm. Any last words from you or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to start needing, you know, assistance with running agent Ebla. So I'm going to be advertising a few posts, uh, uh, particularly, uh, this coming, no, today is Wednesday. Actually, yeah, the next coming, the next two days, 
I'm going to post a, a, a vacancy for management accounting tutors because that's where I need the most assistance. And towards the end of February or the beginning of March, we're going to have a webinar where we just prepare students um, for the academic year. We just tell them what, you know, what to avoid, what we did that they, you know, can avoid doing and best practice just sharing tips on what they can do to prepare themselves for the academic year mentally and just you know like you said planning is important so just giving them tips on what exactly is planning how do you plan properly to make sure that the the studying doesn't doesn't swallow you you know so that's yeah i think that's the one thing that i wanted to mention that we're going to have a webinar i'm going to post the details on my Enabler page or on my personal linkedin profile uh i think you know maybe the beginning of february or something like that you heard it here first so <laughs> the show has been live on youtube and will be available on podcast by tomorrow if you're watching on youtube or listening on the podcast and you feel it's added value don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on the notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Ingrid, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Louise. This has been great. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye.